And I see this man just jumping up and down, like, just like screaming for the blue coats. This is, I was like, who is this man? I'm like, oh my God, he is excited for the blue coats. Shit, girl, like, calm down. Like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. You're listening to Drum Corps AF, the only crowdsourced drum corps podcast. Hello, you father muckers. Welcome to a preseason version of Drum Corps AF. I am your co-host, Fossil Chops, and joining me today is the annoyed bitch, Nick Powers. Hi, I'm here. Yes. Yeah, fuck the blue coats. Man. Oh, rude ass motherfucker. (laughs) This is episode 27, the best of the blue coats. Our next episode is the 2022 DCI season preview. Call our submission line at 317-622-6946. You have two minutes to tell us about your expectations for the 2022 season. You can use your real name or a pseudonym, or you can just call yourself the annoyed bitch. (laughs) Fair warning, we are opinionated as fuck, and we're not afraid to bitch slap your favorite little core. So if you're prone to butthurt, please press delete and scroll on by. But we love this activity. The worst day watching drum corps is better than the best day. Thinking about the blue coats. Yo! <laughs> Disclaimer, the sh- opinions expressed on this show do not in any way reflect the opinion of any corps or other organizations the hosts are or have been affiliated with. They are far classier, smarter, and more successful than we are. The Drum Corps AF podcast does not have a Patreon or a booth at DCI, and we do not accept donations, party poopers. If you like what we do, please consider becoming a monthly partner with your favorite Drum Corps or making a donation to Mason, the Marching Arts Access Safety and Inclusion Network. Talk back to us. You can hit us up on our face group, facebook.com slash Drum Corps AF or on Twitter at Drum Corps AF. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. So, Nick, it is good to have you back. How the fuck are you? I am, period. <laughs> you are period uh I sounds a little gross am. yeah t-i-d-d-i-e-s titties titties baby titties it's the titties for me um no i'm okay uh i have been very very extremely busy um as you all know if you're on the facebook group um i have been dying um from you just got out of facebook jail again after i 30 know days. 30 whole days again 30 days and it is drum corps related. Well, Winogard, I guess, related. Um, I had a friend of mine post on um, their Facebook talking about, I don't understand where the judges are getting their, like, um, whatever, like, their standards, I guess, by. Um, you mean they're was, not just making shit up as they go along? Well, here's the tea. Um, apparently, his kids were they had this moment or whatever with uh, a flag and they did a one-handed cartwheel while manipulating the flag underneath um, while the cartwheel was happening or whatever. And they're in fucking regional a, not regional a, sorry. They're in Scholastic a, and they were like, well, um, this is really just like a regional a kind of maneuver. Like, bitch, what the fuck are you talking? Like, hello? <laughs> like, excuse me? So I was like, I commented on the post and I was like, you know, um, you can tell that judge to kiss my grits. And then I got banned for 30 fucking days. Like, it is sitting on my fucking page at all times. Like, they're ready for me to comment something wrong. 
So, and I um, sent in a lovely little thing to Facebook corporate and I was like, hey, um, you're wrong and I need you to unban me. And they did not. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's it, it's uh, to, to characterize it, what it's like on the group without you around. Extremely tedious. It's very tedious. It's yes. very tedious, yes. But I'm thankful for my sister, Donna Vian, um, who likes to comment and be like, I am the manager sitting here, whatever. I'm here to let y'all know that Nick is going to be gone again for 30 days. Um, so, you know, <sighs> just here to be extremely tedious. Sorry about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. All right, let's dive in. Uh, we are reviewing the Blue Coats uh, top 10, and we'll have our panel segment here in a little bit. Uh, but first up, we're going to look for reviews, and we have no reviews. What the f- what the fuck, people? Like, where, mean, where are you going? Like, honestly, like, let's let's review some shit, please. Thank you. We we need some reviews. Go to go to iTunes, you know, and type up your most goofy ass shit and throw us, you know, whatever you want and just something to get us out there. Yeah, something. All right. So we got a couple of news pieces, mm-hmm. uh, first of which is the founder and former director of Compass DBC was arrested again oh. for misappropriation of nonprofit funds. Oh, we love. We stand, uh, yes. I guess. Um, good for you. I'm glad you're doing well. <laughs> Paul no. Garza Jr. Uh, was charged with theft of property for more than $30,000, but less than $150,000, a second degree family. Jesus. So this is clearly not his first time around the block with that. Uh, no. Wow. It's worth pointing out he left Compass CBC about six months before this all happened. So at least it's not Drum Corps' fault this time. That's a big fucking yikes. All right. And our second bit of news, which is very big, is gold is still recruiting. <laughs> Go gold. We love gold. And I'm sure that gold loves us. Moving right along, the Blue Coats have what they call their six words. And this is our top 10 list of what those six words might actually be. Mm-hmm. And number 10 is be the best you can be. Uh, yeah. Number nine, when autumn leaves start to fall. That's cute, I guess. Uh, okay, okay. Number eight, for sixth place shall always be. <laughs> oh, rude-ass <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> number seven, no electronics, not now, not ever. They would never. They uh, would I believe never. John said that somebody codified that on a t-shirt years ago, and he actually has one. That's so cute. I love that. Number six, what the fuck are they doing? Agreed. Question mark number five pizza burgers french fries and lemonade mm-hmm. sounds like the uh, food truck lineup on a good yeah. day yeah mm-hmm. number four better ingredients better pizza papa, papa john's. john's yeah <laughs> number three what the fuck does suta mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what does it man number two fuck the motherfucking blue devils mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, John probably wrote that one. I'm guessing. And number one, this is probably the most relevant one as of late. John Paul George Ringo, The Beatles. Uh Uh-huh. It's definitely The Beatles. 100%. Uh, (laughs) I'm not a Beatles fan, I'll tell you that. You're okay. Many of you might remember our previous show with uh, Phantom Regiment, where we had a big, long recording uh, of Brent Crocker stringing all of his uh, Phantom Regiment sounds Mm -hmm. together. And we took the liberty of doing that with the blue sounds. But this is every show from 2021 down through 2006 with the crowd chanting blue strung together. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the field from Canton, Ohio, the Blue Coats. 
Right about now, if you're finals, this will be your hot dog moment because it's supposed to be two minutes of the same shit that nobody cares. Speaking of hot dogs, I'm currently ordering DoorDash. <laughs> what are you getting? I don't know, but you inspired me. Hearing all these whistles makes me wish I could whistle with like my fingers in my mouth, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I, I totally can't do it either. Constitutes as a ragu. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm looking at uh, pastas right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're recording, recording a podcast and Nick is ordering food. I'm hungry. Uh, anyway, continue. Because <laughs> you're a broke ass bitch and you're starving all the time, eh? That's facts. I am a broke ass uh, bitch, right. but you know, it's fine. I'm finally getting a paycheck, people. People, I am a nurse now. Surprise. That's that's a scary thought, but um, look, I'm here to help all of your neuro needs. You know what I mean? Lord knows I've got plenty of them. <laughs> I love that. All right, moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have no columns this time, but we do have some listener feedback. We have a couple voicemails and one audio submission, and we're going to start off with the voicemails because I think some of these are going to be pretty interesting. So. Okay. All right, here goes our first one, and we're going into these blinds, so you're going to have as much fun with these as we are, guys. Mm-hmm. Sean from Choice Home Warranty, and my number is 800-814-6534. We're trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. I'm done. <laughs> okay, clearly some uh, spammers have found the uh, voicemail. We uh, love. Call on mine. So let's try number two. Okay, name is Sam Cinerelli. Uh I'm an 84 Blue Devil vet, and uh, Garfield Kadesh, you have my ring. Um <laughs> My three favorite blue clip moments, 88, uh, as we're going into the percussion feature, uh, had that little group of sopranos screaming. One guy's holding a screaming high note, and the guard drops rifles, which he did a lot back then. And one bounces and hits the guy in the head, and he holds the note. Badass as fuck. <laughs> uh, 2014, the whole show basically, but really the Italian uh, guy playing euphonium at the end, when they do the, um, the pitch bend, he leans back, pulling up his mouth, looks at the canvas, his tongue out. That's just ballsy at, in a final show when you're vying for a title. And in 2017, really, when the last run was, was done because that ramp scared the crap out of me all fucking season. Yeah, I'm surprised nobody fell off when that the one thing. Uh, Tristan fell on it in the initial show. 
And I can imagine being a tuba guy running down that thing playing, and if you trip, you're dead. So when that last run finished, and I knew they weren't making final for a, a ensemble run, encore run, that last one hit the bottom. I was so grateful because that thing scared the crap out of me. There's an ocean violation all season long. Um, yeah. Talk to you guys later. Yeah, let, let's talk about that, man. The, the between 2016, 17, and 18, the Bluecoats have said, had some really tall props. Some very, very tall props. I don't know. I, mm. like, like his use of the word OSHA violation was very descriptive, it in my was. opinion. It really was. I'm very surprised that they didn't have more injuries. I'm I'm thankful that they didn't have more injuries throughout the season with those things because, like, Jesus. Oh, yeah. I mean, 2018 mandarins they, they they hanged a guy but i mean at least they weren't trying to actually throw people off of a monolithic right. prop like holy fuck right let's just do this out of fucking three to five no problem it's right. fine. Just run off. tempo's at 230 yeah, yeah. Easy. right for sure coming up now this is our uh, user submission mm-hmm. from paul thou hello my name is paul um i have loved drum corps since the 2000s uh when i was in marching band uh, I did some WGI uh, with my high, local high school. Bando alert. Um, for, unfortunately, I never got the chance to march DCI, which I kind of uh, hate myself for. No, that makes two uh, of us, Paul. I was a broke college student, so I never got Can't the chance. Really. But I was able to march a season with a DCA core, mm-hmm. Minnesota Brass, um, she as a cymbal player, and that was that was pretty awesome. I enjoyed my time there. So this is my PSA that I am not a professional, um, but these just are my opinions about drum corps, and they're my own. So yeah, deal with it. Oh, rude ass motherfucker! I don't think I can pinpoint a blue coat show that is one of my absolute favorites. So I'm just gonna talk about. I'm sure Nick joined uh, you there. My True. some of my favorite blue moments. I'll start with 1997. They did a tune called Harlem Nocturne. Uh, that tune will always play a special part in my life, uh, mainly because it was my first uh, DCA opener that I did, and I, the tune is awesome. Um, I just like hearing other chorus do their rendition of it. That's why I picked this moment. Uh, I'm also a sax player, so uh, this is a very classic jazz piece, and I enjoy playing it. So I also like hearing other people play it. So my next two moments, uh, 2013 to look for America and then uh, 2014 till they kind of go hand in hand. Boo to 2014. Love 2013. Party bumping into one. But uh, 2013, they did a piece called City Life by Steve mm-hmm. Reich. Mm-hmm. And That's a good one. He's the pioneer of, you know, minimalist music and, you know, just a bunch of moving parts put into one singular piece of music. And it sounds fantastic for the ears. Um, but basically, you know, Blue Coat's put that on the field and it was pretty good at at 2013 and then i think of the following years they kind of refined that and it kind of brought them to tilt to kinetic noise and then uh to downside up um and then for 2014 another moment (laughs) no not not the pitch bend it was it was cool but not my favorite moment i'll say yeah i agree with that but again music selection by tyone de braxton um, they did Ufi's Woodshop, Platinum Rose, very technical pieces and beautiful pieces of music, and they did it phenomenally. They blended everything together, and they were refining that minimalist music in drum corps, and 
it really started to take off after this this season, I'll say, and then it evolved into them winning a gold medal. So, yeah, those two years, phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. 13 and 14 and 15 work really good together. Mm-hmm. And then the next moment that I really love is 2018, session 44. Um, Sorrow, uh, their, their ballad, well, power ballad, I would say. <laughs> and then, Nick, you're going to love me for this. But, uh-huh. uh, the uh-huh. whole ensemble at that moment, you know, with the chairs in the center and then, yeah. uh, the mm-hmm. flag work kind of coming out from the chairs one by one and then adding back together. Same thing with the horn line, slowly adding in and then just the final impact and seeing the whole ensemble blaring this piece of music. Uh, really just you know it's great it sounded awesome too so i loved it okay i'll fight you later nick it's fine i love it (laughs) i'm glad he knows (laughs) and then 2012 unmasked the drum feature ritual yes wow that yes tom rare i swear his writing just yeah it's it's fantastic it's tasty um it, it grooves, it fits the whole theme of the show, especially this show is very dark, uh, starting off with the bass solo and then, you know, going into the snare and the quad solo. Also, shout out to Joe Fow. I marched with him in Minnesota Brass. But no, wow. that uh, that whole feature just was fantastic. Yeah, rare and now my absolute good. favorite Blue Coats moment is... Uh, 2015 kinetic noise Uh, i think this is such an underrated show it really is it needs to be talked about more all right and i hate saying this but i really just like the first half of the show like overall i like the whole show but the first half is you know i think in my opinion better than the rest of the show again with the minimalist theme um they did steve reich's electric counterpoint Mm -hmm. um and somehow they did this seamlessly, um, adding in the multiple parts uh, throughout the field, especially in the beginning when they have the duets going with you know baritones, mellophones together. Uh, somehow getting the tempo all on track with the entire core. Um, that that's a very technical and you know difficult feat to do, and I think they did it so well. And again, Tom Rick for the win with the writing, obviously. Um, that little bass feature that follows you, the the theme of Electricana Point. <laughs> it's just, it's great. It sounds amazing and just attests to his writing abilities and as well as the players, you know, being able to play that. Whoever um, knew non-pitch percussion could and be in the snare feature. I mean, honestly, it's, it's got a great groove. I love it. And the part that still gets me quivering till this day is... Um, Right after Electrocrona Point, they had the huge impact. You know, the core turns around and just starts, you know, blared notes and Balls the, the mellophone lick mm-hmm. just gets me. The battery parts just start coming through. The flags coming around, twirling, and oh man, it just mm, it hits hard. Drummers hit it harder, man. But no, I could I could <laughs> talk about. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Rude. Oh my yeah, god. Those are my some of my favorite blue coats moments. Uh, I feel like I've rambled on, but I am happy you guys are still listening, or even if I even make it into the podcast. But uh, yeah, well, you made it. Um, thanks, guys. No, thank you, Paul. That was that was a good submission. Uh, let's unpack some of that, Nick. Uh, yeah, let's unpack. I love packing, as we all know. Uh, 
Hee haw, hee haw. Um, 2015 is like it, bitch. It's just it. Um, I agree with almost all of the other things that he said. Not a huge fan of the chair show. Sorry. Um, but, you know. I, I, like, okay, so, like, musically, I feel like Blue Coat's always, well, from 20, let's say mid 2000s. I'd say from like mid 2000s forward, they've really done a great job musically. Like the music selections, I feel like are all pretty freaking fantastic. Um, and I feel like Blue Cuts is one of those scores that like really doesn't miss with uh, like music selections in general. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, the 2013, 14 and 15 shows, I, I feel like they were programmed a lot better within their themes uh and they just seem to flow better the hymn of axiom in 14 i think is the highlight of the whole show yeah you know like you said the the pitch bending that's that's the shtick that sells it at the end but that's not the whole point of the show i i feel like the hymn of axiom really just sets it up for that closer to just scream at people i agree and that's such a great piece in general like hymn of axiom i'm calling it a piece the song, the piece, whatever you want to call it, um, is is really phenomenal. I will say that I was very over it um, after Blue Coats did him and Vaxium because right. Jesus Christ, WGI in the following years. I mean, <laughs> everybody did him and Vaxium. Like, like there were, was all over that shit. There were, I think, like two, maybe three groups in world class Winter Guard that did it that were at finals? Question mark. I want to say it was at least two. Um, at finals, literally for WGI the following year or whatever, like that used him of axiom. I was like, this is kind of fucking ridiculous. Like y'all come on. Like, yeah, both in world-class finals, girl, like really, <laughs> like, come on. It might've been a, it might've been an, uh, a scholastic group and then two in the independent groups. But I remember specifically two groups in the independent we're using him of axiom and i was like this is come on jesus christ anyway. it's like the year uh pirates of the caribbean came out mm-hmm. and there were literally two cores in division two and three that had a pirates of the caribbean of show course. theme of course in the same season of course yeah and, and then like every mar every high school marching band in the fucking world it's like I swear who had did it. a better girl none of you okay <laughs> um like let's move forward it's like playing fucking adele for like color guard in general like please stop. Oh, yeah. don't do that um anyway um but yeah no i agree with you um with 13 14 and 15 honestly 16 too i think that that was kind of like a those those shows all work very well together 13 through 16 yeah i I feel like 2016 they're writing the momentum of 13 14 and 15 because those three the first three feel to me like they're they're kind of like what they were doing with 2020 and 2021 Mm -hmm. with or i guess 2019 and 21 with uh, the blue coats and lucy you know that that beatles theme where it's kind of one cohesive concept now we're going into a blue uh, sorry we're going into right like a, 2016 they kind of are trying to do that but they change it up with the music and the the prop design and, and of i course, feel like 2016 was kind of like the uh you're right i feel like it was like the the head the of the moment point. yeah exactly exactly it was the head of the moment i feel like it was the the drop off. I feel like that's where they changed into a different direction, I guess, again, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like you, you can see elements of, of earlier shows from several cores in the previous decade and a half yeah. where we're moving in this direction, but I feel like the culmination of this big pivot towards on field, large theatrical productions. And I'm not talking like 
08 Phantom with Spartacus or even 2006 with Faust or the 96 Spartacus or, or you know, uh, 06 Machine Cavaliers, you know, yeah, a true right. on the field theatrical thing where everything is is. I don't know what the word theater. Yeah. You know, and, and since 2016, it's like everybody's trying to take a concept and just be almost as esoteric with it as possible. Yeah, absolutely. That, that is, a, that is a great word. for uh, that. Like, like <laughs> honestly, yeah, immediately the I first agree. thing that comes to mind when I say that is 2019 SCV, like, holy crap. Come on, 2019 <laughs> SCV. We love a good, uh, ladder climb. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, uh, let's put some tarps on the field and just take them off. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No one noticed the tarps mid season. That's fine. <laughs> the tarp, the tarp, the yeah. tarp. Right. For sure. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I really, really love, um, early 2010s blue coats. Um, and granted that was, I feel like everyone kind of loves certain things about like the time that they were like, I don't want to say growing up, but like around the time that they could have or were marching. Um, they were, they were definitely coming into their element in the two thousands when they yeah, finally started getting the, into finals on a regular basis and exactly, and really exactly threatening the top six. The late 2000s to the early 2010s is around the time that I marched. So, I mean, that was around the time that I could have marched and was marching. Um, and I specifically remember, um, like, how I felt um, watching, like, 2010, 2011 Bluecoats. Jesus Christ. Like, I was... I'm not going to lie, girl. I was a band out <laughs> to beach. Like, I was too. I was like, oh my God, these bitches are crazy. They're doing crazy things on my field. Oh my God. You know, like, whatever. But I think that the early 2010s blue coats and like the, um, the, uh, yeah, I would just say early 2010s blue coats in general up until mid 2010s and then i kind of like fell off of blue coat train again so yeah i don't know i i okay so i'm gonna make a disclaimer now for everyone listening oh, to this shit. show yes i do be giving some hate towards the blue coats i'm a hater whenever i sit the hate john's gonna fire nick um but like i do love the blue coats and like there are so many really really great moments that i've seen from the blue coats in general but like I've I like in my mind is kind of a, a a battle between them and Crown to see who could be the ultimate bando core. Yeah, um, Blue Cuts wins. Um, <laughs> absolutely not. One hundred percent will always be a fucking bando for fucking Crown. I love Crown so much. Um, period. I'm sorry, I'm gonna fight for You're my crowny girl. Crown slut, huh? I am a crown slut. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a story for another day, bitch. Anyway, oh <laughs> yeah. Um, but for blue coats, like I really do love the blue coats, and like I, I like play hate at like I, I play hate with them. I'm a player hater, you know. Whatever. I, I don't actually hate the blue coats. I want to make that like a before I get like the seventy four thousand fucking eighth grade fucking girls in my inbox. Like I can't. And, and the podcast co-founder, you know, you know, I'm like literally, <laughs> hello. And the only reason, um, let's just reiterate the fact that literally the only reason that I met John was because of the fact that I want to say it was 2017 and not, yeah, I think it was 2017. I was at, uh, I think the premiere, it was either premiere or it was finals. I'm pretty sure it was premiere though. Um, and it was just after I had moved to Indianapolis and I'm sitting there and I'm drunk and I'm with my girl or whatever, me and Emily Zabrowski. And we're sitting there and I see this man just jumping up and down, like, yur, 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 just like screaming for the blue coats. 
And I am not saying that I was illegally filming <laughs> and I'm not saying that I was definitely on Facebook live because I definitely used to do that literally for every single competition that I ever went to. Um, God forbid anybody does um, that. Yeah, for sure. Um, with my commentary, just so if y'all look up the video and shit like that, uh, I want you to not get annoyed with the fact that I'm going to sit there and talk. You know, about what? I think I'm going to go out and track that down and throw the link in the show you should. notes. I'll, I'll try to find it for you too. I think John has it too. But anyway, the point is, is I was like, who is this man? I literally on the on the video feed, I'm like, oh my god, he is excited for the blue code. Shit, girl, like calm down, like it's okay, like it's okay. Um, and John just like, like, he's just like, literally, I'm sorry for all the headphones users, girl. Like, I'm so sorry. But yeah, that's literally how we met. Someone ended up being like, oh my God, that's John. And then like tagged him in it. And I was like, well, this is awkward. Um, cause I'm like, kind of, I'm not talking shit, but I'm just like poking fun at the fact, I guess. And, um, then me and John ended up being besties for the resties. You know what I mean? Like, it was really, really adorable and freaking, you know, it was. That <laughs> that is what it was. That is that was it, bitch. That was it. So yeah, and now we have from Korea. You're welcome. Anyway, um, so that's the team. That's all fabulous. I, I love it. Fabulous. I like the purple cleaning product. Not sponsored. Hashtag. And now for something completely different. It's time for the panel segment. Disclaimer, the views and opinions in this segment are those of the speakers only and do not represent the views of real people and should not be taken seriously by anyone that likes to pretend that they're real people. So that that kind of excludes the vast majority of our listener base, unfortunately. You know, be kind, rewind, and make sure to turn the lights off when you leave. All right, and we're ready for our panelist segment now. Uh, We have four panelists and myself, but I'm going to be hanging out of most of the discussion today. Let's start with our first panelist. Uh, let's go ahead and start with you, Jeffrey. Hi, everybody. You all know me. Jeff is a resident alert <laughs> guy. Panelist number two, uh, Sarah Bowden. Hey, I'm Arch Cadets. I guess that's what this document says, that I need to identify myself as a cadet, whatever. I identify as a cadet alone. God, okay. That's our drum for our identity. Yeah, of class. Yeah, and BAC. Oh, now John's typing. Great. <laughs> Maybe I marched Boston. Who knows? Uh, Analyst Analyst number three, uh, Nikki. Hello. That's me. I'm Nikki. I marched Phantom Guard, 90s, 2000s. Woohoo. It's nice to have you back. And of course, our fourth panelist is the uh, ubiquitous John Weldy. Hey there. I've never been on this podcast before. I marched uh, Blue Coats Mellophone 1993 and 94 and the Blue Coats 2022 Alumni Corps. Uh, I, so I'm not allowed to give any spoilers about Blue Coats Alumni Corps, uh, 2022, but I will tell you, if you think it should be in the show, it's probably in the fucking show. Very <laughs> Mr. nice. Hirsch, Mr. Hirschman already oh told me. Oh my God, John, age out. <laughs> <laughs> age out, rage out. Okay. So on that note, John, you're a uh, Blue Coats alumnus. Uh, so you're probably in a better position to speak about the core than anybody, than the rest of us. Um, there's a lot with the core that, uh, probably some of us don't. Yeah, before we start so our top ten, before we start our top ten list, like, uh, let me just talk about like some core traditions and some shit like that. Um, so the biggest thing you think about when you think about the blue coats is blue. 
crew that the crowd chants afterward. Nobody else in DCI has anything like that. Like the the SCV crowd chant is a, is a little bit like that, you know. But it's it, nobody else has something like that, and no other blue core gets something said for that. We hype so much on that. I loved it so, so, so very much. Every blue coat in every generation has absolutely loved that. And I can't wait to hear it again in 2022. Um, our core song is Autumn Leaves, which we played in our first finalist shows in, in 1987 and 1988. For our traditions, the six words came after my time in the blue coats. Um, and so I'm, I'm not, I, of course, I'm not at liberty to divulge core secrets, uh, uh, but the six words came That's after classified. That Everybody loves to guess what the six words are. Some people probably have, and that, you know that's the way that it is. Um, we also started in 1992 when we played Penny Lane. We started pennies on shoestrings. Every year uh, that a member marched, they got a, a penny in, in like coated with silver on a blue shoestring that we used blue shoes at that time, blue shoes and blue shoestrings. Um, and every year that you get one, uh, you get a penny. And then if you march five years, you get a nickel. I don't think anybody's ever earned a dime, but I might be wrong on that one. Uh, the Blue Coats were founded in 1972, the same year as Drum Corps International, as an outgrowth of the Canton Police Boys Club. So the Blue Coats refers to police, Blue Coats on police. Competitively, we first made semifinals in 1986. Our first finals was in 1987. And since that time, we've only missed finals one time. 33 out of 34 years we've been in finals. The first time we made top six was 2004, top three, 2010, and our first and only championship yet is 2016. Some of our trademarks, I believe we, we that the big brass sound has always, always, even when the Blue Coats weren't the greatest core around, the big brass sound was always our trademark. Um, Doug Thrower came to us um, in 1992 as a soprano tech, um, and he started arranging in 1997. Um, and I believe right now, I could be wrong about this, but I believe he is the longest tenured current DCI staff member. He made the Hall of Fame, I think, in 2019, maybe it was 2018. Um, but I mean, it, for my money, of course, he's the, he's the greatest brass arranger that there is in the activity. Um, yeah, and he's Canadian. Lots, lots of Blue Coast staff are Canadian. I, was say, I can hear a lot of uh, Matt Harloff uh, fanboys just frothing at the mouth over that statement, John. <laughs> yeah. Matt Harloff's not an arranger, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, Blue Coats have trademark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just want to put that out there. But I, I think Doug Thrower now has arranged longer than Wayne Downey did because Wayne yeah. Downey hasn't been arranging for, for and, a while. And now. Skojo, because Skojo didn't hop on with BD till 94. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think Doug Thrower is the longest tenured current DCI staff member. Um, big band jazz has always been a staple of the Blue Coats. That was that's kind of what really brought us up. And also pop music. Pop music is not just a current thing for the Blue Coats, but even back before we were making finals, we would play like Bridge Over Troubled Water, you know, th th things like that. Pop pop music was a big staple of who we were. Recently, um, the Blue Coats have become a leader in electronics and also a leader in non-standard costuming and props. All right. That's the rundown. So uh, how's everybody doing today? We don't care. All right, let's move on. Can I say something about the blue real quick? Because I was talking to my yeah. mom and she's like, she asked me, you know, if the blue coats had a name uh, before because she had no idea who the blue coats were when she marched because obviously you guys were new out of the gate. And she's like, 
you know, they really didn't get popular until that blue thing started. I'm like, mom, we've <laughs> always had the blue thing, like ever since we've been watching since the 90s. No, they really didn't get popular to that blue thing. No, it, oh, yeah, it, it definitely existed since at least since the mid 80s. I don't remember exactly yes. when it started, but at least the mid 80s. 80, 87, I believe, the first year they made finals is the first time I remember hearing it. Yes. I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, I think I was like 11 or something. I'm like, Mom, they're booing them. They're booing. That's so rude. Yep. They all they're booing not booing. They're booing. Yeah, they're yeah. I remember booing. 1987. I was not negative 10 years work. old. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I graduated from high school. F you. Right, so we have. Congratulations. We have four panelists and myself, and I'm going to be representing the DCAF Twitter side of the equation. And each of us has a top 10 plus honorable mentions. And this is kind of an unusual episode in the fact that we don't have a lot of repetition across all four of us plus Twitter. We are going to be t- mentioning at the very least 30 different shows which is a large amount for an episode of this size. And so we're going to start with Jeff Ream with uh, your honorable mentions. Well, two of them are on higher in the list, so somebody else can do that. But I'm going to go with 86 because that was the first year anybody really remember hearing about the blue coats. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Swaldo had hired uh, one of my local mentors, uh, Larry Hirschman, who loaded up a bus full of people from central Pennsylvania, both staff and members and headed west and from out of nowhere they were what 15th i think john um and yep that's all right. of a sudden everybody yep. realized there was another core wearing helmets with big plumes that hey these guys could be good let's keep our eyes on them it was your typical mid-80s semi-finalist show but you could tell they were somebody that could go somewhere and hopefully not be a flash in a pan yep okay uh moving on uh sarah your honorable mention is a higher up on another list so we're gonna bust to well i just want to say i have beef with it and i will say that again when we get to it thanks that's okay i can understand so uh nikki you have two that are not on a higher up on a list uh so let's go and start with those uh 89 so i know don't kill me for this one but i liked 89 it was a cute little one it was the first time i love the baby blues yeah see that's the the core uniform one thing that's still when you know they didn't get the fit right and you guys didn't have sewing ladies on tour with you like you know actually bringing down the uniforms as y'all lost weight so bless your hearts with that (laughs) are you calling him fat <laughs> don't do that no. <laughs> no it was cute they had you know it, it was the last year they had guys in the guard they had you know a little drum major guard guy prancing around the field it was almost you know uh that kooky reminiscent show where they just kind of do like fun things they spun tiny flags for god's sakes that's the best yep. part of the show was when they spun tiny flags and it i drops just in 89 Yes. Well, not really kind of props. They just had kind of things on the field that they hid stuff behind. That's right. Pseudo props. All it really was. But they had, you know, uh, costume changes with the guys and the girls. And they always have a good drum solo. So that's why I liked 89 because it was just kind of kooky. And it was the first time that they really started, you know, coming up as a color guard. So I liked it. And then I also have as my other honorable mention, Urban Dances. Uh, 2002 for those keeping track. 2002. Um, it was just a good, a good uh, show overall. I just liked it. The solid colors. 
They had solid colors. The whole guard spun rifle that year. It's kind of funny because uh, it was kind of a big deal because O2 was the first time that two guards spun all rifle. That was Blue Coats and Phantom Regiment. But we used to say that we were badass more because we were all female. But that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that. That's a neat little tip. Yeah, it was fun that we kind of, you know, because we didn't expect it. We were like, oh, okay, we're going to spin rifle. And then all of a sudden we were out and blue coats were all spinning rifle too. And we're like, oh, okay, so this is a little friendly competition we got going on. But yeah, they just had a fun show, high energy. Um, and I liked O2. It was a good show. They were pretty close competitively too. I think Phantom was like fifth in O2 and blue coats were eighth, if I remember right. They were seventh. So yeah, they were right behind us. So. Yeah. That's what they had a big band ending. They had the solid, they used just solid, you know, red, orange, yellow, purple flags, the whole thing. It was good. High energy. Yep. Good show. Yep. Very tasteful. All right. Uh, John, you have three honorable mentions, one of which is higher up on another list. So yeah, my first the other honorable two. mention is 1988. And 1988 was uh, the second year that they did Autumn Leaves. And they, they actually changed it to the closer where it should have been all the time. Um, and they had the big snare line and the big trumpet line, soprano line, you know. And and uh, uh, But the biggest thing for 1988, not just all that iconic stuff, which you're going to see again. You know you're going to see again this year. Um, but also... <laughs> playing sopranos this year? Well, we'll see. <laughs> but but also, um, they beat we beat Cavaliers out, out of the gate, you know, several times. You know, now it, it had some problems with it, and I know I know Jeff is going to make me mention this, you know, but it had some problems where the, the, they hadn't really figured out how to play the game yet, so they pretty had much had a complete show out of the gate, and they didn't really change it much throughout the year, um, throughout the summer. Um, but because they had that complete show and it was really good, they they were beating Cavaliers out of the gate. I mean, like four or five times, something like that. And we didn't beat Cavaliers again until 2007. Um, also, 1999, the music to Chick Korea. This is the year that we didn't make finals. We got 13th that year. And that core got shit on in every possible way that year. But you can see a direct line from, from the show design that they started there. And also even with a member named David Glasgow, who became the the, the Bluecoats' first core director, per, first um, full-time core director, first-time uh, full-time employee. Um, there's a straight line from that 1999 show to where the Bluecoats are today. Okay, uh, for the for you young uh, youngins that are big into drums, the 1988 show has a 20-person snare line. So look that up; you'll get a kick out of it. And the guard plays the okay. at the end. Oh. <clears throat> Okay, so Twitter's uh, honorable mention is higher up on another list, so we're going to move to number 10 for Jeff. Go for it. Yeah, um, 2000 was the rebound year, and that was another one where Mr. Hirschman got the call and loaded up the bus from Central PA, this time with a lot of people that taught me in my DCA core, uh, students I taught at both the high school and the DCA levels. And to me, I think more than what John said about 99 is this is where you actually started to see the blue coats move yep. to where it went because they stopped being so big band jazzy. It was still some mm-hmm. cool jazz, had a little bit more of a groove than you used to from the blue coats because that's what Band Along did with us at West Shore and it worked there. Um, and a lot of folks that I know, I was, I'm kind of biased, but they did their percussion death camp for a week before moving's here. So I got to know the show very early on and got to see it grow a lot. And it was very cool to see them work their way back into the Saturday night show, especially since, you know, I knew like 50 people on the field. 
All right, uh, Sarah, you're number 10. Okay, sweet. I'll talk about 2012. That is my 10th. If you like really weirdly staged curvilinear forms, 2012 Blue Coats is it for you. <laughs> it's your it's best not line John mentioned and Jeff just talked about from 1999 to the present. I think 2012 is a really strong contender for being a point on that line. You have to have this like weird sixth place show. Then they had another weird one in 13 and then tilt started happening. Like that's when we started to get that kind of um, change in our design focus. So yeah, I think 2012 is kind of a landmark in that sense of like, okay, this is traditional, but we're gonna start to get a little weird with it. And then that eventually snowballed into tilt and all that mess. Yeah, really in that era from about 2004 to 2013, you know, before, before we hit tilt and really went big time, the Blue Coast Design team had this thing that they did over and over where they took one tune um, like Masquerade and 2012 or In the Mood or Caravan. You know, they, t- they took one tune and kind of made it a framing piece for the entire rest of the show. Well, and I wanted to mention something from a visual standpoint uh, to kind of go back to what Sarah said with the uh, linear, the curvilinear drill. Like they're taking a lot of concepts that Albert R. Cossavant did in the 50s that were revolutionary at the time and kind of turned them on their head and reintroduced them. And a lot of people went, oh, <laughs> we forgot about that. Very avant-garde that show was. It really was. In terms of costuming and guard and stuff, it had an avant-garde-esque-ness to it. Okay, uh, Nikki, you're number 10. My number 10 is Mood Swings. I know. It's kind of a weird show. It's uh, 2004. They got sixth place that year. First top six. But that's the thing. That was one of their first top six. It really started to show, you know, who the Blue Coats were and that, you know, they were coming out to play and, you know, to finally take them serious. But I thought it was great. Um, They had a beautifully colored opening flag feature with uh, purple, pink, and yellow flags. They played uh, big band music, uh, but then it jumped to the more contemporary music. And they did a really good job switching from, you know, the solemn notes to fierce notes, which it really was a mood swing. Like you were, yeah. it was like you you have ADD and you're watching it go from one to another. <laughs> and I thought it was kind of cool how they did that. I feel attacked. So, yeah, I need to make a comment here before I do not do my number 10 on, on uh, 2004 and maybe Fossil Shops, maybe you mentioned this already, but in 2004 was when we first had amps in, in the, the activity yes. and blue coats were solidly no amp, you know, no, which is really, really funny because they're electronics leader right now, but blue coats were very much, you know, you're not going to have amps they, and, and they were, they were aligned with shirts about it, didn't they? Yes, I, yes, I they did. One. There, there was a shirt that blue coats sold at their booth, um, that said, uh, amplification plus electronics. Electronics, not now, not ever, not ever. ever. <laughs> and the next year they come out and they're one of the electronics leaders in 2005. I, I think it's just one of the, it's just so hilarious that the adapter die, adapter die. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I still have the shirt. Out of that, they were just massively sandbagging. So, you know. Yeah, it, it's great. I, I have a copy of that shirt also, one that was made more recently. Um, my number 10, I had to put down because I marched this show and I absolutely love this show. Nice show, John. Yeah, it's 1994 Blues. Um, this is a show that was very big band jazz, but we, we had uh, some bebop in there also. Um, and we did some stuff that was very non-standard for the time. Uh, uh, Sandu, Clifford, Clifford Brown tune is someone that has been copied by a couple of drum corps, but it's very much not a drum corps tune. And then the big piece at the end of it was 
Sea Jam Blues, which was so much fun to play with big, big floor toms that we brought out. It was just a party on the field. We were not that good that year. I know we weren't, <laughs> but it was such a fun show to play. And I got to play it with Star of Indiana. When Star of Indiana, this is the first year Star of Indiana did their brass theater. And we got to do a brass theater show with them in Canton. And I got to play with the Canadian brass and we got to troop up in the stands where people were while we played Sea Jam Blues. It was just such a fun show to perform. 1994 Blues. All right. On a related note, I feel like if the Bluecoats have not decided to do a new show concept titled Blues, B-L-O-O-S, oh. they're missing out on something. Um, <laughs> moving on to Twitter, uh, Twitter's number 10 is higher up on another list. So we move on to number like, nine for f- Jeff. Just forget about Twitter until you get to four. Everything's yes. higher up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jeffrey, you're number nine. 87, first time in the big dance. The, the first time Autumn Leaves was out there with a slightly smaller snare line doing the drum to drum stuff from um, 88 and cleaner than 88. Um, but it was just really cool to see, you know, everybody loves that first time finalist. Um, and Lou definitely captured the audience's heart that year being that core and look what's happened since. Yep. It looked like they had a guard staff change that year. It looked like something had switched and that guard had upped from oh, 87 to 86. Yeah, they did. Okay. Uh, Sarah, you're number nine. 2009, imagine. imagine. Uh, just There's a good, I don't know, there's a side to drum corps where when you have soft moments, it's really refreshing. And yeah. I think this show has a lot of those moments. You've got Marita Schneider tune, you've got Charles Mingus tune, so it's still jazzy, but God, they do... Marita Schneider's got some fucking excellent yeah. jazz charts. Holy Christ, she's yeah, such a good arranger. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they put it on the field people. really well. The cloud people at the end so good yes like and another like I, is blue coats like the most sixth place to drum corps prior to like recent Very memory possibly. like extremely probably. sixth place it was um, 11th place every year for a while and then it was sixth place every year for a while yeah that's gotta be yeah we're in our sixth place era in this say, i think it's just we're gonna say bk is the sixth place core so <laughs> yeah and this one this is one for me I, I put it here because it stands out among the contemporaries like think about what else is going on in 2009 you know, like soft moments were really nice in this. So that's all I got. The next three top nines are all higher up on another list. And Jeff's number eight is higher up on another list. So we're going to go back to Sarah for your Me number eight. again. Yay. Uh, yes. OK, so I'm, you know, I'm a child. So mid 2000s to the 2010s is what I know best. And my number eight is 2003 Capture and Escape. I think Nikki will probably have some things to say about this guard, but the guard really makes this show for me, especially the way they stage the guard. There's this set where they've got these beautiful, like, golden, it, they look kind of golden in the light flags where they're just completely encircling all of the horn line and drum line, mm-hmm. and they're just going. Like, it is, like, so stock early 2000s. They had some really nice ethereal moments in there where they just did the damn thing. <laughs> they really yeah, they are spinning like they are going. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really cool to see, especially as a drum corps starting to develop its identity more to just, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. 2002 and 2003 were both great, like mid-level concept shows that there were really simple concepts that they pulled off really well. Right. Uh, Nikki, you're number eight. 
On to me is 92, A Day in the Life of. They got 11 place that year, and that's the first year they really did the Beatles theme. And they and really they got a whopping two votes in Twitter polls. <laughs> it was fun, though. They really upped the game in visual that year. I know it's it's kind of a quirky show. Like, the guard spins candy canes and wears, like, these little pink, you know, yep. like, 60s, you know, kind of go-go. Yeah. And they make bearing their asses a moment in oh the show. Oh, my God. That is one of my favorite parts. Like, what happens? No. After the ballad, they spin with these big old sunflowers and these long black skirts. And then they come to the front uh, sideline. They literally stick their butts to the audience, pull down the skirt, and go on. It's, like, one of the best moments ever. That's why. Yeah. I- that, that moment was so fun to watch with the 2019 core mm-hmm. um, at History Night because our, our uh, alumni coordinator played the 1992 show for the 2019 core and that moment right there it was great to see those kids react to that you know they reacted just like, like the Whoa. audience did those like guard girls could have been mom <laughs> that's like one of the cardinal rules is you never stick your butt to the audience and then here they are like just straight up like a joke you hear it. is the sound of dozens and dozens of males going to google the show just for that moment <laughs> right now uh, it's really it's a good show overall it was a good look change for the entire core um because they got new uniforms that year the drums and horns looked more sophisticated while the guard yep. you know really started shining with confidence and it was just a good vibe and it was a good show to watch first year of the member pennies first year of the the famous blue the navy blue uniform that mm-hmm. you see so many times in for blue coats very sleek that year okay moving on uh, John and Twitter's top not eights are higher up on another list. So we go to number seven for Jeff. Yeah, 2005 Caravan. It was the first time that Blue embraced Groove to the levels that we see yes. and have come used to since then. And they did it with an old drum corps warhorse, but yet they made it modern for that time. And I, honestly, I think that show would kind of hold up well today. Um, there were some staff changes over the last few years from 2000 up, getting guys in like Macintosh, uh, some guy named Tom Rarick, yep. uh, adding those pieces to the puzzle that, you know, once again, the continued evolution from 2000 up. But that was the first time that they really embraced their inner groove and it, it panned out well for them. Yeah, this was my number nine, and and I agree with everything you said about that show. It, it was a really sleek show. It, ha- it had a great clean look to it. Um, it was a it was a year where I mean we jumped up like two and a half points at fi- between semis and finals. We were they, they were scoring around 91, 92, and then all of a sudden like ninety four and a half at finals. You know, came out of like nowhere. The the drums in this it, it, this is really a drum show. It, it, it's a really great drum drum show for the Blue Coats. They use the electronics a lot. There was a lot of uh, uh, non-standard um, drumming that you can't do without the amplification, and they had some um, um, some tabla drumming and and uh, uh, toe What do you what do you call that? Yeah, so, so some of the some of the stuff that uh, uh, cadets did also, you know, with with having a, a drumming by mouth um, in their show. Yeah, I know the name of it, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. But we'll figure it out. Drum ten minutes later. Drum speak? Yeah. Is that drum what you're speak. talking about? Yeah. 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 more or less. <laughs> I mean, the, the cadets use the actual drum speak like we do in DCI. You know, the, the Blue Cuts had a special name for it that, that was that was ethnic, and I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh, speaking in tongues yeah, is what that sounds be. like to me. <laughs> a costal core. Yeah. Post-production note, the correct term we were looking for was takadimi or conical. Uh, yeah, I'm, Kelly, I'm I'm gonna gonna that drum speak, that's yeah. my shtick. 
Paradiddle, paradiddle. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on. Sarah, your number seven. My number seven is 1990 from the Stone Ages when they didn't name shows. Um, So it is is, uh, memorable because it is jazz and white pants. If, yeah. (laughs) You could see That's a every really close like, syllable to being a the different meaning yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, it's so. I don't know. You can see every footfall with those electric white pants on the green. Oh, yeah. So it is a I don't visual know. text worst nightmare. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I think I have to appreciate it. That's the visual side of me. Music, yeah, whatever, blah blah blah. <laughs> uh, but watching their feet, I'm like, all right. Even though they look like Shaggy from Scooby Doo, I'm like, okay, the technique's clean. <laughs> whatever. Oh, rude ass motherfucker! That's probably the that best comment show, I've heard. That, that was a fun one to watch. First time guard went all female. For like 10 years. The next three number sevens are all higher up on another list, as well as just number six. So we go back to Sarah again for your number six. Yes, 1996. See, I actually did look into the 90s, okay, for you people. Um, American celebrations. Yeah. I don't know. It's just something about this like mid 90s drum corps feel that I don't know. What they were doing was just very refreshing to me. I know this sounds like non-specific, but it's a seventh place show. And again, I keep thinking back to the thing John said earlier of like this trajectory is multiple decades long. It's not like they just popped out of 2014 swinging and popped out a 2016 win and then nothing happened. You know, this has taken a long time to build and it's been nice to actually go back through and see, okay, this is where they're coming from. This is takes multiple decades long. So George Gershwin, you know, Yankee Doodle Dandy at some point. It's like yeah. very America. I guess this is the cadet in me that was like saw 2014 cadets and was like, wow, uh, America. So I don't know. Yeah, uh, 1996 is not my favorite Blue Coat show, but it's it's uh, significant because it's the last year of the Bruce McConnell era from 1992 through 1996. Um, Bruce McConnell wrote both the brass and the percussion book, which was very, very unique. I don't know very many people that have, have written both brass and percussion for a drum corps. That's a risky yeah, well. move, but it, yeah. it kind of paid off. Okay, uh, all three of the next number sixes are higher up on another list again, but we get to go to Jeff's number five. 2008, The Knockout. And Jeff and Sarah, um, you guys can both comment on this since yes. this is both your number five. I mean, let's just get it out of the way. The Boxer. Okay. Yes. Yank, yank, yank. The speed bag uh, being impersonated by the bass drum feature. Um, if there's ever a show that stole from a movie franchise without ever directly <laughs> quoting from a movie franchise for licensing reasons, it would be Blue Coats 2008 because it's basically the Rocky story without saying anything Rocky did. In fact, at the end, when he got down and, and waiting for him to come back up during the ten or the nine count, I kept seeing in my hearing in my head uh, Mickey from Rocky going, "Get up, you son of a bitch!" Because Mickey <laughs> loves you, but obviously they couldn't use that on the show. Yeah, but yeah. It was it was again another big step up for the Blue Coats because mm-hmm. that was that was that top six was pretty tight that year. I mean, mm-hmm. there there wasn't a lot of spread. Some of them had beaten each other throughout the course of the year. Blue Coats were I, they did beat the Cadets at the end, correct? Yeah, that was, yeah. The, oh, we won't talk about that show. But, um, <laughs> you know, and I think that might have been the first time the Blue Coats ever beat the Cadets. So that was, yet again, another stepping stone in the evolution of the core with a fun show that everybody loved. And it, it it's just 
there and they still blast the boxer to this day and probably in August, but John won't tell us. Oh, of course that's not going to be in the show. <laughs> yeah, I think what Jeff just said about it being a fun show, you know, you can see this drum corps trying to make art. You see this drum corps trying to do the jazz thing. There's a lot of different hats they're trying on. And I think this was the first year really. Well, I mean, you know, I'm watching this from the perspective of having done mid-2010s drum corps. This is genuinely fun and enjoyable to watch as someone that came up in through the activity during the Tilt era. So, yeah, that's basically all I have but yeah it, it's like great value Rocky <laughs> like Rocky I've ever heard of it <laughs> and, and this is the first time the drumline was truly a contender hmm I liked yeah. how they did all the different colored flags and stuff in the beginning where they brought out and all of a sudden it changed to different colors when they were turned a different way I don't know I thought it was they had really good uh visual moments in that show between the red and the blue Okay, Nikki, your number five is another cop show. I know, it's the one before. It's 2007 Criminal. I love I mean, imagine a core born from cops doing a cop show. Shocker. Oh, I thought it was cute how they opened, you know, where they're all in prison and then they break out and they become international thieves. I don't, it was a yep. cute it was a good show. I liked it. It was a great it was, concept. It was a cute it's concept. The first time the Blue Coats became cool. Right. That's what it was just kind of like a cool show where they were dressed cool. They were doing cool things. They were spinning cool stuff. It was just I I mean, in the beginning, they used their flags as like a prison yard. And then all of a sudden they open up with this big flag feature. I mean, it was it, it, it was clean. It was a clean ensemble they, flag. They had feature voiceover and, that said you have the right to stay silent. And then they did silent drill. OK, <laughs> that is the best part. No, they say drop your weapons and they're all holding their rifles. They slam their rifles down they they all pick up flags and do this huge silent flag feature through the core it is it's amazing it was beautiful and blue coats had a history of not really having that clean of a guard and this is the first yeah. time that they really cleaned up that guard and it was it was on point oh and that laser string section they set up a so whole the yeah. red strings on the field like they were going through you know uh, security it was a great show I love the theme show and they did a good job with it yeah little things like that are what sell GE for me mm-hmm. you know yeah and yeah, John, two- wasn't that the year Albert Lowe threw everybody in a tizzy because he had them up in Phil Brass at quarterfinals? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. It was big time. It was big time. Yeah, 2007 was my honorable mention. Mm-hmm. And because of everything that Nikki said, I think this is a really neat show. It's the first year where the, where they did those those uh, uh, blue coat uniforms with the with the black flap right. on them. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's like the new the new blue coat type uniform. Right. Um, but also, this was a huge competitive year for us. We finished oh, seventh, so but we close. literally beat every other core that year every it was the first year we ever beat the blue devils there was there was one show where where blue coats beat the blue devils and cavaliers first time they beat the cavaliers since 1988 first time ever beating the blue devils literally beat every other core at least Mm -hmm. once that summer see and i went to find this the only finals i've been to since i aged out this was one of the, this and Crown were the only two shows I remember at all from finals. I don't remember anybody else's show, including Phantoms. And really, I mean, 
it, it, somebody was setting Phantom up that year because in all reality, I mean, this blue coat show and crown should have been higher placements. And yeah. if they had the clout that they did now, that this would have been a different top six back in 2007. Well, and it is the highest, the highest uh, seventh place score ever. It's, right. it's the, the closest top seven ever in DCI. It was a good, it was a good DCI. It was a good retreat. Where, I mean, yeah. we were all like on the edge of our seat, like, what? but no, it was one of the only two shows I remembered and it was, they did great. Our remaining number fives are higher up on another list. And our first two number fours for Jeff and Sarah are higher up on another list. So we go to Nikki for your number four. This is also a honorable mention for Jeff. Yes. So Metropolis 2010, they got third place that year. I think that's the first, first year they first medaled, top right? Three. First medal, yep. So that's what I, I just enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the whole how they opened the show where the core, you know, was lying down with the guard leaning through them. Uh, they had uh, powerful dance and opening flag moments. It's almost the first time that we see the guard really open up as uh, a dance contender. We talked last time about on the SCV podcast about how SCV has such a strong dance program. And it's the first time that Bluecoats really came out with dance and shined with it. And it was really, it, it was beautiful to see. And it was like, you know, here we are, it's time to listen to us. So, I mean, just overall, the, the core dancing and the drum break was a cool moment. They had cool drill, they had solid catches, exciting music. Uh, it, it turned everything into an imaginative combination. That's what yeah, I put. Musically, so. musically, that's where they turned the corner and started mm-hmm. heading in the direction that we got for the next several years. Right. And they, they arrived into the top three that year. They were truly a crowd favorite. God. Bless them, they had to follow Crown onto the field at finals after that kid broke his leg and still bring the crowd back in. Oh, yeah, um, the Crown yeah. moment. And, and they yeah. did. And, you know, it was it, that was kind of an electric moment that night in Indy because that was the night the Blue Cheer truly had some passion because, yeah, they're there. They're, they're a big yep. boy now. They were there to play that night, and they definitely showed it. it. It was their time to shine. And you all know I love a weird sound effect. So And they had weird sound effects in that show. So... <laughs> John, your number four. Yeah, my number four, I'm going to pull something that I don't think anybody else even mentioned anywhere. And it's because this is the show that made me go to the Blue Coats. And that's 1991. Um, 1991, we played. Yes, Whiter Shade of Pale. We played Nutville, Palookaville, Whiter Shade of Pale. And it was just a a completely different type of show for the Blue Coats because they had that big band jazz sound um, that they got known for from uh, 86 through 1990. And then they shifted um, to more of this high energy um, um, big band sound. But then they did Whiter Shade of Pale at the end of it, which has always been one of my favorite tunes. I absolutely love. Um, They really started kind of that hippie vibe in there, which they extended into. 1992 they made that word jazzophonic which didn't really work that well but it was it was fun it was fun for a moment it was it was they still had the baby blues which a lot of people hated the baby blues with the sequins but i really loved them i i got kind of depressed i didn't get to wear the baby blues um but i understand i understand um but i it's a great 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 grass book in this show um 1991 uh nutville palookaville whiter shade of pale Nutville is a fantastic Buddy Rich chart. Anybody who's a big band jazz fan needs to go listen to that because it is smoking fast, like quarter notes at 320, 
just ridiculously fast. Yeah, I love the bookends. It's uh, this Pluto in the middle that kind of lost me, but that was mm-hmm. that was a fun show, John. I'm glad you refreshed my memory on that one. They really pulled that out. They refreshed your book. Yeah, the, the book was by Larry Kirchner. Yeah. A lot of Bridgman years with him. Yep, yep. All right, so now the Twitter feed finally gets to get its first uh, contribution to the show, and it's the, the most ubiquitous meme drum corps show you can imagine, and that is 2014 Tilt. Well, let's, I'll, I'll go quick for this. Let's be honest. Electronics and drum corps was very not well-received for a long time. Um, this is the first show that made electronics cool. Yep, I can't watched, do it without electronics. Yeah, I, I'd watched them online all year, but then somebody from the Blue Coat staff took a video of the crowd during the big moment at the pitch yep. ends at the end from the Chester show, like two or three days before East. You're, you're basically looking at like Allentown Jr. down there, grumpy old fans, and everybody stood up before the moment was over and cheered the whole way to the end of the show. And right there, again, is a case where the Blue Coats kind of took the crowd with them on the ride for the course of the year. And at finals night, snuck back in to beat the cadets and end up second. And then we didn't have to hear the preaching cadet show. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, this was your number four also. And John, this is your number eight. Yeah, it's my number eight. It's not my favorite Blue Coat show. I know a lot of people dog me, show it all the way down at my number eight. I really enjoy this show. Um, uh, the the uh, uh, Vienna Tang is is really great. I'm trying, I'm trying to even remember it. Um, um, the, the, the 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 I see. I can't even remember the name. The name. The, the, the horn player running and jumping off off of the ramp into the uh, the guard members at the very end. That's probably one of the highlights for me. Yeah. The split yeah. singles and the snare line. Yes. Yeah. It, it's it's got so many great moments. Well, they managed to, to tie it together visually with, you know, little moments like the, the snare players playing while leaning forward while the guard members are holding them back, you know, so they don't fall over. That to me is like little things that, that tie into the G. And well, the, the way the, that the they carried their horns the too. Yeah. Sorry, and, go ahead, Jeff. And the strips around the field that tilted the field. Yes. Yeah, yep. everything. They, yeah, they this completely isn't like sold a, the concept. Yeah, it's a clinic in making a show, like a theme show, truly, because that's what it is. Work for you when you don't box yourself into something like we talked about criminal earlier. It's like, okay, there's like a limited number of things we can do. When it's just tilt, you can just go with it. And it, I don't know, it flows together. And like we're saying, it's a series of moments. This is where we're like, the 2014 is like the landmark where we start to be like, oh, wow, GE is about not just one particular thing happening at a time. It's about the way you get to that moment, the way you leave that moment. And this show is a textbook example of how to give your show a narrative progression without one that's already built in. And don't forget the mini Z pulls after the pitch bends too. Yes. Hymn of Axiom. That, that's yes, what I was saying. Yeah, Hymn yeah. of Axiom. Yeah, the, absolutely yeah. gorgeous. But, but even more so, this was the moment where the Blue Coats completely flipped that competitive switch. You know, yes. the switch is on now and it, and it hasn't gone back off since. 2010 felt like a little bit of a fluke, you know, because then they, then they went back down to that sixth space again afterwards. You know, 24 is like, okay, we're contenders now. Just deal with it. Well, I think I think 14 is probably the first time where the Blue Coats really set their own true identity as a core. I mean, you know, we've, we've talked about others or other times in the past where they're kind of trying to emulate BD or Crown or, you know, whoever else. It's like 14 is the definitive. OK, this is who we are. Deal with it. Yep. Oh, I was there at finals in 14, baby's first finals before I marched. And when You're the so crowd, young. when they announced that Cadets was third, third and place. the Blues yep. started then. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, 
goodness. Yep. Okay, we are into our top three now. So we're going to get a little bit more into things and we're going to start with Jeff. Your number three is also on a couple other lists, but we'll let you start with yours. Yeah, 2001 Latin sketches. I mean, 90, we, we talked about the progression from 99 to 2000. 2001 is when the Blue Coats decided to say, hey, we're not just happy being back in finals. We're working our way back up towards the top. And they were seventh or eighth. Um, it was, again, slightly different kind of vibe musically from where the, you're expecting the Blue Coats. A lot of people thought they were going to go back to being big band jazzy, and they weren't. And it was that next step up for them in terms of, yep, we're here to play and we're going to throw down some grooves and we're going to improve the visual package. Yep. And just, again, continuing that evolution up. But that one is the one, and I have it so high because I think Red Cake Tango is so underrated as a drum corps piece. Um, but it was really that next step up to the Blue Coats to what's come the last 20 years, you know, last 20 years since. It, I think it was really risky for anyone uh, in this era to do a, a Latin show because there's still fresh enough memories of Madison from 95, 96 yeah, doing their big Latin thing that even in 2001, it's kind of a risk to try and do that because everybody's like, oh, they're just trying to emulate Madison. Uh, Nikki, this was your number six. Yes, that's what, uh, you know, at first when you start watching the show, you're like, eh, is this going to be a Madison remake? But then you can really tell that somebody came in with this guard and taught them actual Latin dances. Like they really, yeah. they really exuded just, uh, just beauty when they did. Like when they brought out the uh, the tarps on the field during the ballad, they brought out the three uh, triangle tarps. And they did tango, big, and they big take, moment. And they did partner work, and it was just, it, it was a beautiful moment for them. They really, they stepped it up that year. They had a lot of confidence. Not that clean of a guard that year. A lot of confidence out of that guard that year, though. And then also, I like the tenors when they played the mini cymbals. So that was a good part for me. Moving on, uh, Sarah, you're number three, and Nikki, you're number three. Both of those are higher up on another list. And so we'll move on to John for your number three. Yeah, my number three is one that I, I'm actually kind of surprised that nobody else had on their list at all. I, I, don't, I don't think I saw it any play on any of the other lists. Um, and that's 2006 Connexus. Um, this for me, so I was in Madison this year, and I mean, first off, competitively, um, blue, blue coats were, they, I think they were sixth at quarterfinals, or maybe, maybe even at semifinals, you know, and they jumped up to fourth. That, that was the year that everybody except uh, uh, first, 11th, and 12th flipped places at, at uh, finals, which was just one of the craziest finals that there ever was. But uh, it wasn't just about the competitive for this. I absolutely adore this show. I mean, first off, the steel drum. <laughs> the steel drum yes. of this show is so freaking cool. I just absolutely love it. Um, they have the, the, the famous blue coats, uh, uh, dark blue jackets with the white pants, and, and they look great in this year. They are so crisp and clean in the visual program, and uh, uh, they bring out in the drum solo, they bring out these... Uh, uh, like bands of white that they put they pull out of their belts you know yes. and, and and they connect mm -hmm. the bands of white which is such a cool cool little uh, uh um element that, that's in there it's, it's another place where they really i mean blue coats have this way of taking a very simple concept you know this concept we are all connected you know and just making it something absolutely wonderful and, and that's 2006 connexus for me they really started the tricks that year in the guard that's uh, one of the first year where all the behind the back stuff and, you know, all that kind of stuff started coming out. But yeah, you're right. Yep. Just simple things like really connected in that show. 
the Twitter number three is higher up on another poll and Jeff's number two is the same as that show. So we are going to move on to Sarah, your number two. My number two is 2018 session 44. So good. Big chair. Big chair. <laughs> so good. Big chair. It was chair just, it was just four. <laughs> It was just really neat, and I don't know. I I have more to say about this, and specifically in another show we'll later discuss. But even as someone that was a performer that year, you get to see some shows in and out, and I I got to see Twenty Eight Teen here somewhere. I think it was like Murfreesboro, actually. And I don't know. The horn line was performing. This is something that I call the color guardification of the horn line. Yeah, you could really tell <laughs> that the yes. members had a very clear idea of what they were supposed to do. Oh, absolutely. And they were, you got to see them enjoy that too. Not just, this is my job, I'm going to go do it. It's, I'm performing, this is a, this is like, this brings me joy to do. And it's always really nice to see that on the field with members. But I don't know, it's just a good fucking show too. I, the, whatever. Even the just pick, even like watching show. the player and it's stuff. It's very East Coast of me, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, this is the show where they took, I mean, Blue Coats left Big Band Jazz because you can't compete with it. And this is the show that, sh that that they're like, okay, so we're really, really good now. So let's do some Big Band Jazz and show that you can compete with it. You know? Absolutely. And they, they were just really fucking good with it. I mean, Bella and Bird and B-flat was out of this world. They brought in the singer and did what you need to do with the singer. And they showed <sighs> people, okay, this is what you do with the vocalist. Okay, yeah. you know, And that... That uh, the piece dry cleaner from Des Moines. Not only were the vocals spot on amazing, but uh, 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 the, the guy's name was Richard. I can't remember his last name, but the tuba soloist that basically played Mingus's piece, line for nine, note for note, yeah. was so fucking <laughs> incredible. And that that just swung so hard. And then of course you've got at, at the end of it, you've got a God bless the child, you know, with the famous uh, uh, blood, sweat, and tears ending. I mean, th this show has got a, oh, and C and do. Oh my God. Oh my God, John's C gonna fucking explode right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. T i d d i e s. I'm watching a man experience two thoughts at once. <laughs> that, that, that singer was easily uh, the best singer vocalist. Yes, but, absolutely. Ever Please explain to me why she was having a conniption though in the middle of the field. Why couldn't they? Just just put her in the pit. To yeah. yeah, it was supposed to be like a. I didn't, love, I, I didn't really love what they did with her at the beginning. I think she was in it a little bit too much. You know, it was supposed to be a dream sequence and Billie okay. Holiday was going through all this shit. See, you know? I, I don't want to show you need the footnotes to understand. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, rude That's real. <laughs> no, that was good. That's number nine on my list, too. I liked it, too. I love it. I could watch that timpani player the whole show. I swear to God. Oh, she yeah. Really yes. She's yeah. incredible. This That's was John's number five and Twitter's number five. I said it was very reminiscent of old cadet show where they dance, played, and you can tell they are genuinely having a blast on that field. Yeah. Yes. 95 cadets. It does feel like yes. 95 cadets. Yes, very much so. And it, it just cute show, the ending with the chairs and how the uh, horn line brings out the chairs and then the color guard finishes on it. Great show. Great. Like you said, great big oh, band God. show, bringing it back out. Cheers. The cheers. Do you remember yeah. when did Blue Devils use the chairs? The 1930s show, you know, and they didn't move around with the chairs and everybody's, oh, because you can't march with chairs. And the Blue Club said, fuck that. We can march with chairs. And it looked right. amazing. They did it. They did. I mean, they did. They they used them as, as a visual piece with the horn line. And then they it just transitioned them into the color guard. It was like, there you go. 
So, yep, beautiful show. Oh, it did scare me. Did it not scare anybody else, though, when the drum line would walk across that little platform? Like, I Yeah, remember. yeah. <laughs> really I was like, ah, oh, that's an OSHA violation. Hey, man, how many, how many Buko shows in that span were all just like, don't show this to an OSHA rep because they're going to kill somebody? After Downside Up, no, I wasn't scared anymore. Oh, my God. 2017, man. Ooh. Okay, uh, Nikki, we're moving on to your number two. Oh. This is kind of an oddball. I know, so here we go. Let me set the scene for you. <laughs> I'm 13 years old, sitting in the stands of DCM, and this show comes on and just wins my heart. Like, yeah, this is a year, you got to understand, this is a year where, you know, I'm in Phantom Cadets, and Phantom, to me, sorry, Jen Carr, wasn't that fabulous. I did not enjoy 95 Phantom, so I was looking for other things. Like, Madison that year was on fire, you know, but... Blue coats, they just they stole my heart with that show. The the guard in the red. Nikki, that was the take a bath in chocolate year for Phantom Regiment. Oh my god, no, the purple people leader costumes, I just couldn't do it. Like my mom my mom's like, they look like the uh what was the fruit of the loom grapes on the field. Like I oh bless your heart, I'm sorry. That's it, so, so, so. Sorry, mom. But that's what, it just wasn't, you know what all my friends say about Phantom 95? They say that they always listen to it in their cars. I'm like, well, good for yeah. you because I watched yeah. the show. And yeah, I will I, say this about 95. It was just a, it, it was, it, they weren't the cleanest, but they just gave you a good old fashioned drum corps show. And if they had the clout back then that they did today, they would have beat Santa Clara and Phantom that night. I guarantee it. So yeah, I, I, I had that one number six. Um, you know, it played obviously very well to an East Coast Finals crowd. Mm-hmm. But it, it, Patriotic me, show. I, I like that one better. Boy than, next door. Yep. Yeah, I like that as an Americana show better than 96. Yes, I, I, I do think too. it just resonated well. I think 96, they took the idea and tried too hard to right. carry over from 95. I mean, we were yeah. crying in the crowd with that girl when she was sitting there with that flag in her hand. Was that, was the, flag, the flag presentation. Oh, God, yeah. yes. You were yeah. crying yeah. Iconic with that moment. girl. So, yeah. yeah. You got to have Nick's iconic in right there. Yes. Iconic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so Fossil Chops, you said this was kind of an off thing. You know, so, 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 really, know. if you followed Drum Corps in the 1990s, this was a very popular choice. I think it's kind of strange that we don't have more people to. It's never been one of my personal favorites just because I'm not really big on the patriotic shows. Right. But it's a very, very popular show in Blue Coats history. And that flag presentation that Nikki talked about is, is the iconic moment. Right. You show. could hear her sobbing in the upper. Yes. yes, you could. And, we were sobbing. You were sobbing night, with her. Kelly Carlson yeah. was her name, and she's fantastic. And finals night, that wasn't like color guard put on tears. No. That was final night, the emotion of the season for right. us. Brewer. That, yeah, was, that, that was genuine. Every color guard, indoor, outdoor, that tries to do the fake tears should go watch that and learn. Yep, yep. pretty much. Yeah, that's really, if you're into just good old color guard shows, go back and watch it. It's just a good old-fashioned show that, you know, just they had a good time in it. And uh, being a young kid, you know, looking for, this was a guard I wanted to march. This was the first time I was like, holy shit, maybe I don't want to march Phantom. Maybe I want to march somewhere mm. else because this guard is so freaking cool and I'm not a boy and I can't march Madison. So We, we would have taken you, Nikki. We would have taken you. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I mean, you take just about anybody these days, won't you? Oh, Jesus. Oh, rude-ass motherfucker. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. 
Uh, the Twitter polls number two was probably everybody's favorite anti-BD show, 2015 Kinetic Noise. Big balls. Yeah, big, big balls. Nick this balls. Is the, this is Nick number six. Ball, where right? the, blue, the, the blue coats had the biggest balls in DCI this year. This was the year where, where they really took the electronics and put it up to 11. And I, I, I don't know if there's any show that has ever been more dependent upon electronics than this show right here. You know, all yeah. the electronic cacophony that they bring in, in that show, and they had the speakers placed throughout the field and then Bonavere's woods. Oh my dear mm. God. Bigos know how to do a ballot. I mean, like every, I, I really honestly, when, when we were doing the alumni core and we were talking about s songs that are going to be an alumni core, I'm like, how is it not going to be just all ballots? You know, I mean, that's really what Blue Coats are known for is their ballots. Well, and this, this show led the two of Jeff Prosper's most used quotes of all time was first, if I can dodge an axe, I can dodge a sphere. And next, <laughs> next you know, was, um, <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of people look at 2015 as the show that should have beat Fellini S because yeah. Fellini S was kind of overrated. But I mean, yeah, there's yes. some anti BD bias in there, so yeah. yeah. But the thing with kinetic noises, they took. Wait, wait, no, 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 15, right? So yeah, 15. this was their storybook show. Yeah, the yes. little girl show. Sarah, this is your number oh, three, right. by the way. Yeah, the, the, yeah. This, this show took some big chances, and the problem is sometimes during the year, those big chances with the plugs didn't always work out. Sure. And I, I think. That's what held them back because everybody was like holding their breath. Was it going to work or wasn't it going to work? Mm -hmm. Oh, the Blue Coats have had some spectacular electronics, electronics fails, both in DCI and in uh, uh, WGI. Oh, that's too bad. Sarah, is there anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I just enjoy when <laughs> props are actually real and not just obtrusive in the way. Like, you can actually engage with them. I don't know. Yeah. Love big balls. Big ball big fans. Balls. Big balls. All about the big balls. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we are to the number one show list for everyone. And this is where all the obvious ones come out. And we're going to start with <laughs> Jeff's, Jeff's number one, the Twitter poll's number one, John, you're number two, Nikki's number three. Uh, and I believe the Sarah, one I beef Sarah, with. you have, you have <laughs> a beef with it. Yeah. Consens since consensus number one. It Let is. Let's face it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's everybody's consensus number but one. Here's the thing. With, with this, it's not just the fact that they got their first championship, which they fully deserved by more than they got it by. Yeah. But this is where we talked about earlier. We would see all these little experiments year in and year out. And this is the one where everything came together. Everything. At right. one time. And then on top of that, they took the more indoors trend of costuming and brought it to the field. Yep. And then you add in the ramps. Color guardification. Yep, you mm -hmm. add in the ramps, you add in the groove, you add in Tom Rarick's best drum book to date, no offense, 17, 18, 19 and on. You add one of Doug Thrower's most masterful arrangements. I mean, oh, when God. I heard they were playing Heat of the Day, my Matheny, I geeked out having heard it done many times before, but they took it in a whole new way. Mm -hmm. the, the the ballad, you know, yeah, he winked and all that stuff. But the, <laughs> the, 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 I mean, he, he also nailed the note, microphone or no microphone. Yep. That was just the ultimate compilation of everything Blue Coats have been building for since the end of 1999, landing all in one place, and bonus, they won. 
Yep. That yep. is also the year they started the trend of not telling anybody what their show is until right before the very first show. Well, and you no, know why? Because that. it was completely different. I mean, they they did because they didn't tell anybody and nobody knew what they were doing in the costuming and stuff. Um, you know, they came out looking completely different than anybody else. I remember watching shows in 2016 on Flow Marching and going, okay, so now I've seen the blue coats. Everybody else is still doing drum corps. You know, it's like everybody else is still old school and blue right. coats have started this entirely new thing. But at the same time, even though the visual program, the costuming was completely different, the, the crop was magnificent, you know, so beautiful. You could do cut, do things coming down those slides and so many different things they did with them. Mm -hmm. The pinball drill going back and forth in the middle of them was so cool. You know, even though they were doing all that and all of the body movement and everything like that was so modern, the music, the music was really had an old school vibe to it. It felt like very comfortable drum or music. Yes. Um, the, yeah, it's like music you'd have heard 15 years earlier. Yeah. Yes. It was still drum corps. That's the thing. This is like my semi beef with it, right? Parts of it are still very recognizable as drum corps. But when I'm showing marching arts to someone in my field, music theory, and I show them this, it's way more confusing for them to see this than like traditional march around, march, march, wee, 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 wee you know, like military style kinds of things. So this is where drum corps is starting to really transform into something entirely different. I don't know. I like, and you can feel whatever way you want about that, but this show is a landmark in that sense. It's like we are transitioning as an art form, if you it, want to see it It feels to way. me like visual designers in, in DCI realized, wait, we can do WGI now? Yes. Right. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, drumline designers were doing it for at least 10 years prior, so why not? Yeah. And, and then the next year, everybody did it. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, everybody suddenly, sh oh, we can do that now. Oh, okay, sure. well, yep. let's do that now. Like, this show everything. gave permission to right. do a lot of things. They Launch. also won their uh, first caption with that for Best GE. They did. Mm -hmm. They won Best GE yep. twice. That's the only two captions they've ever won. That's ever. true. That's true. And this is one of the only years they won it. And they deserved it. They really did. I mean, it, it, it was a, you know what I wrote down? They... They really used the field before this year, you know, um, like the yard lines, they would do a lot of straight lines. And this show really changed the course of their drill and, you know, in terms of how they moved on the field because it wasn't straight lines anymore. It was, they had these big ass props they had to go around now and they had to use them to their advantage, but it really changed the way Bluecoats really did, you know, drill. Yeah, and you can't finish up conversation about this show without mentioning Great Gig in the Sky. I mean, you can mention you can mention Shane winking, you know, that that that's all fine and dandy, but it was amazing activity. Yeah, yeah. But I mean that that, timer, that was a really cute moment. I really that really yeah, got me. So yes, it was cute. But that tune, Great Gig in the Sky, was such a gorgeous piece. I mean, literally, it took me three years later until I could I could listen to that without without having a tear in my eye. It's so beautiful, and I think it's it's the tune that for me, where Doug Thrower redeemed trombones in DCI. I yeah. I, I mean the way yeah, he used Queenie, the trombones. You're definitely right about that. Nobody else used trombones like Doug Thrower does. I, I, I'm sorry, um, that was the year I was marching with a trombone at 154. So <laughs> She's like, I'm I was using trombone. I just no. still remember my then four year old daughter coming along with it in the back seat of the car. Yeah, oh. right, oh, I'm like, yeah, I think she's getting hooked. Yeah. <laughs> good. Oh, good. 
Okie dokie. Well, it's, it, it seems like that there's a lot to be said about that. Uh, but there's about not a lot to be said about this next one for Sarah. And that's... Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I don't give a fuck. I, <laughs> 2011. That's 2011. Brave New World. That's what, it's a yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, exactly. See, I'm right. Yes. <laughs> Brave New World. Okay. I think Jeff said this earlier. It's the bookends, right? Creep. Like, you know, that's just, I'm going to have to make that the number one for me. It was just something I had, like, going back into the activity, you, like, rediscover all these cool things that have happened before when you march and things like that. And seeing Creep, I was like, wow, okay. Like, I was just, you, it's something you would expect the Blue Knights to do, but it was Blue Coats. I don't know. And they mm -hmm. did it in their own way. There's some John Mackey in there. Whatever. It's a weird 2011 show. The early 2010s for drum corps were just like the acid trip of the activity. Yeah. And I just That's enjoy... I was going to call them the awkward teenage phase, but that worked yeah. better. Yeah, I enjoy how rooted this show is. So that's that's really it for me. It's just very personal, but I am right. I think it's an example of that you can take even the weirdest music and make it work because if anybody can take a Radiohead song and make it interesting, that says a lot because God, Radiohead is such a boring-ass band. And John, I guess we won't hear that. Chronic this, whiteness. Right? Oh, absolutely. Creep is definitely not in the alumni code show. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a good follow-up to 2010. They, they had some really good guard moments, like she said, when they came out with Creep in the beginning, the... They just had a solid, clean opening flag ensemble, and they had some really good moments in that show. I thought it was—I I thought it was a cute show to follow up 2010. Yeah, and I apologize, Nikki. That was in your honorable mention, so that thank you for bringing it back up. Although at the end, I have no idea what that little beaver reference is that the guard ends the show with. They kind of like sit on in an Indian side, or you know, in crisscross legs, whatever you want to call it now, and kind of do like this little—I don't know what the hell—and go back and look at it. <laughs> It's got to be some kind of inside joke with the guard because uh, all of a sudden you're like, okay, sure. <laughs> so yeah, other than that. Good show though. Really good show. Okay. We're going to continue with you, Nikki. And uh, your number one is one that I think is heavily underrated. And this is also uh, the Twitter polls number six. John, uh, this is your number seven. My number seven. And, and my fourth. Yes. 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 And Sarah, you're number four. Mm -hmm. So this show, you are sitting in the stands with Bob Fosse and you are walking into Cabaret and Liza with a Z is on the feed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. When I was going back watching through all the shows, I was watching not just Blue Coat shows, but I was watching everybody else's shows because I wanted to see, you know, where they were in the lineup, like why they got this place, who beat them. And all I could think the whole time was, can I please just have a Blue Devils 94 Victoria Red Bra secret moment, please? Mm. And then yeah. all of a sudden this show popped up. I was like, yeah. yes, thank you you i mean everybody in that guard looked so sexy and just beautiful even the bigger girls that were in that guard looked just fantastic and they they just it was literally like you were in a bob fossey show the uh the horn line comes out doing bob fossey moves in the beginning and it just they blew me away with the show it, it's so different from anybody else's show and it's underrated and Cabby should not have beat them that night. They etched them out by like a two tenths or two one hundredths of a damn point or some stuff. And oh, let me share. Let me share because I was standing next to Cavaliers when oh. they called that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're all doing our cadet mode and they called that 
Um, Cavaliers is jumped. Blue coats. Cavaliers start running around, like in and around cadets. Oh. Like uh, the boys are high five and having a good time. And I was like, "Fuck you guys! Fuck you!" No, it was a good show that the cabbies had, but they were on fire with that show. Jagged Line was on fire. That core was on fire. They come out and that opening sequence when they're ju- you know jamming on that freaking platform. That whole platform. Oh yeah, oh, it's yes. so banger. Besides the fact that how. <laughs> Do they the rock and don't come a knocking? How do you get down that platform with the time that they had? I mean, like you know, it's because when, when you look at so, so they showed us as alumni, they showed us some backfield footage of that sometimes. And the thing is, every time you have somebody running down the front of that stage, uh-huh. you have somebody running up the back of that stage also wow. in order to match them to get that timing in. And it was you had fucking tubas running yes. up and down that it goddamn thing. It was at the end, running down the freaking thing, the pie brass was just standing on the front of the field like parking and blowing it was the low brass that was having to run down yes. that damn platform i was like you get it like they were they did the damn thing it was an exciting show no frills no crap they just did the damn thing yeah Can we also talk about the most unorthodox costumes you've ever seen for a guard yeah. holy yeah. cow yes that's what i'm saying <laughs> But Blue Devils, Victoria, this show for me was, like you guys say, they take moments out of it. This was almost a reminiscent of Madison for me, where they just freaking sure. played it and the crowd yeah. ate it It's all up. attitude. All yeah. attitude. That's what it was. It was 95 Madison on that field again, and the crowd completely ate it up. It was yep. fantastic, beautiful. Yeah, this show. I, I'm really, I'm really happy that this show got so much love uh, among our panel and also our Twitter feed. I think with our Twitter feed, it's because it's a recent show. I mean, yes. I, I, I'm really happy that uh, uh, Nikki, that you're showing it love, and Sarah, you're showing it love also because it's a very underrated show. It, it yes. gets skipped a lot among the recent Blue Coat shows, um, and and I kind of understand why because they tried some things that didn't really work. What the Blue Coats did this year, coming off of a championship is just like cadets almost always do, they took the duty of a championship seriously. Right. You know, the the duty of a champion is not to just do more of the same, you know, like Blue Devils do and Cavaliers often do, you know, but the duty of a champion is to push the activity forward. And Bluecoats won a championship by pushing the activity forward, so they had to push further. And they took some risks that didn't completely pay off. They grounded this stage and took some shit because it never moved because it was fucking humongous. We're in fucking hard hats to build it in the lot. Have you all ever seen that shit? What the fuck? But if you're coming from a theater perspective, that's what I liked about it because the first rule in theater is if they can see you in the wings, if you can see them in the wings, they can see you. They use that stage so properly yes. like you oh, never yeah. saw them until they were supposed to come out on that field and it was just precise precise yeah it, it was and and i understand that some of the some of the risks that they took in the middle of the show weren't the best like when, when they tried to do a, uh in the ballad they tried to face oh. backwards and I give you that. all of that brass sound in front with only being amplified and and people that never really paid off for them i understand what they're trying to do and then the the drum solo wasn't the greatest thing either but oh my god that opener and that closer in that show rocked so goddamn hard. I still think that Zombie Woof, the Frank Zappa tune Zombie Woof. Uh, yes. Is, oh my God, it's yeah. one of the hardest rocking pieces that's ever been who, done as a drum puts closer. Frank Zappa on the fucking field? Like, let's go. Yeah, it was and good. And that tenor feature where they're 20 yards apart. Yes. From end to end and nailed it. And they had a contra solo. Who has a contra solo? <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the only the only thing better than doing zap on the field would be death grips. I'll write it. Am I right, I'll Sarah? Do it. I'll tell you right now. I promise you right now. I'm a red death grip show. Yes. Nothing you for you guys. Nice. The only thing I have to add to all of that is just 2017 from a drums perspective. Um, they really, really don't get a lot of appreciation because this is this this is at the height when Blue Coat's drumline really had a lot of lot credibility. You know, when everybody started obsessing over lot etudes and and lot jams and flame jam and all that crap. But those guys threw down on the field and really just kind of got overshadowed by CV and BD. Crown was in there. It, you know, it, it just, they didn't get a lot of love until 2018. Yeah, um, there was a lot of good drum lines in 17 and they kind of got hidden because of it. And dare I say, John, to expand on your point about pushing activity forward, I almost feel like 2017 is the Blue Coats is kind of the earlier version of SCV's 2019 show in the same vein. Yeah. Where they take yeah. what they did in 18 and they kind of go a little too far with it and sure. it gets lost on people because it's sure. so esoteric. So that's all I've got to add to that. So we're on to our final contribution for the top 10. And this is John's number one. And it's kind of a combined show for him. This is Twitter polls number three. And uh, let's see who else says it here. My number two. Jeff's number two. And that is it. And that is. Oh, no, that's my. I think that's my number eight or seven. Seven. seven? Yeah, yeah, this is not on the list Nick. for me. Yeah, that yeah. is your number seven. And my Sarah doesn't seven. have it on our list. Yeah. So th- what I'm going to do here. So I have talked about 2019, the Blue Coats, the Blue Coats Beatles show that, that brings together not just the Beatles, but like the best moments of the Blue Coats. I mean, really, I kind of feel like this is the Blue Coats alumni show before the Blue Coats alum- alumni have a show because it brings up all, all the best moments from the um, from from the past of the Blue Coats. Um, and I've talked about that this at length as being my favorite drum corps show previously in the podcast. So I'm not going to talk about that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to let you guys talk about what you liked about 2019, the Blue Coats. And then I have a completely different direction that I'm going to spin it with what I'm going to say. And and I, it's not the type of thing you're going to want to interject in. Well, I'll, I'll just say this. It's easily the best show to never win DCI. And we won't get into that whole debate. Um, but I will say that I felt like they messed with the ending too much and never truly arrived to where it maybe could have gone. But that doesn't mean it's still not a fantastic show. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. It got the crowd into it, like some other shows we talked about earlier. But they had the performance levels, all the little details that the Blue- the Beatles fans could definitely get into it, being married to one. Um, you know, when it met her approval, I knew it was a good Beatles show, but it, it, it was really just, it was 16 to me, the next level. <laughs> yep. I, I agree with Jeff on the endings changes. I, I think the ending that they had in the first early season shows was way better than what they, they changed it at Southwest. And then they changed it again at Southeast or at Allentown, one of the two. And uh, both of the changes, I think went in the wrong direction in terms of what their closer um, what they had early on was great, but regardless, it was still their best show. I think they'd put out in yeah, two and a half years. DCI, which you start with as an ending, you have to change. It's just like law now. So, right. yeah. Well, that's what Phantom Regiment started that, you know, make sure you change it by the end of the year, add in a big hit. There you go. Oh, no. Cadets started that years before. Oh, I'm sure. But uh, so the Blue Coats 19, they got best GE again that year. That was the uh, next year that they won a caption award. I put a beautiful color contrast on the field between the blue, you know, 
the neon blue of the core and the orange, you know, and yellow of the color guard. Uh, they had cool use. I like the cool use of the props of, the, of like a stage. I didn't feel like they really bothered me as much as, you know, they, they really used them creatively. And the moves the core did were fun. I didn't think they were distracting. Like a lot of times when the core moves, I get distracted and it pisses me off. But I really thought they moved well together. And they just, it was just a good show that they, you know, really came together well. I, I agree. It was great second place show. I should have been first place. It was a really good show. All right. So I'll, I'll wrap it up here. Um, and like I said, this this is going to be a different direction than y'all usually get from me because I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, share some things here, and I, I might get a little bit choked up as I'm as I'm saying this. Um, uh, to me, 2019 and 2021 are are really kind of the same show. You know, I mean, a lot of people we haven't talked about 2021 at all. In, in this show. And I think that's a damn shame because I think it's a fantastic show. And you can talk about, you can talk about the electronic uh, uh, drum solo, the melodic snare solo, which is fantastic. You can, you can talk about uh, uh, the, the beginning of it, the, the, the dance, like they do uh, the, the, the same, a lot of the same stuff that they did in 2019. Um, but uh, uh, and there's, I, I love the Beatles and I love everything that they did in this show. Um, but what I'm really going to focus on, I've never told you guys before um, on the air. I've never before said on the air why um, I stopped doing this show for a while and why I'm not contributing to it as much as I as much as I was before. And like I said, I'm going to get a little bit get a little bit emotional here. We're here for you, buddy. Um, yeah. Um, so uh, the reason that I that I stopped doing this show for a while is because uh, my wife filed for divorce. Um, and it was something that really <laughs> shook me. Um, we were married 24 years. Um, it was something, I mean, you can see things uh, as you go back and look at the signs, you know, but I mean, I, I was completely oblivious to it. It took me completely uh, by shock. Um, and it was in the middle of a global pandemic. And it was after I had lost my job and I was reeling from that. And then she filed for divorce. It was just like the most difficult time of my life. And, you know, I've, I've gone to therapy. I've gotten drugs, man. The drugs are some good shit, man. To deal with my anxiety, you know, and, and I've grown a whole lot since then. And, uh, um, when I went, when I went to um, the only live drum corps show that I saw. Now I'm used to going to see the Blue Coats at at um, in Marion, Indiana, at Indiana Wesleyan University. I watched them practice all the time in spring training, um, and I I saw this show 2019 and 2021. I saw saw them develop all through spring training. I I would I would go at least once a week when they were in spring training. And it's just amazing to be able to see the pieces fall together. Um, the only live show that I saw in 2021 because of pandemic year was at IWU. And it was on what would have been my 25th wedding anniversary. And it wasn't. And that was really hard for me to deal with. And one of the things that really helped me get through it um, the ballad, um, Golden Slumbers, that the 2021 Blue Coats played. Um, 
there's a, I, I also played this in uh, the show choir band that I'm a part of in, in the previous summer. So it was really something that was just like the universe said, John, you need this song. Um, and there's a line in that that says, once there was a way to get back homeward. <laughs> that just it hits me. <laughs> Let's say it, drum it hits corps, me. you come back to drum corps. That's where your home is. That's that's why we have this group. I mean, really, we're kind of all a group of misfits and we're here together. And that's why, you know, you come back to drum corps. And it's beautiful that drum corps was there for you when you really needed something in your life. And then that line that they say later on, boy, you're going to carry that weight carry mm-hmm. that weight a long time god i carried that fucking weight and i'm still carrying that weight and i'm still dealing with the fallout of all this bullshit and it's hard and y'all if you're if, when you go through something like that it's hard mm-hmm. and it's fucking okay to be hard it's fucking okay to fall apart it's fucking okay to change your life it's okay to get therapy, get drugs. It's good shit, man. Yeah. Do what you need to do to get by. Emulate your best Jolly to Green be and get happy. all the drugs you can get your hands on. To be happy in life. It's better to be happy in life than to make yeah. yourself miserable all the time. And you're getting happy again. Yeah. And, and John, as many of us have talked to you privately off the air about this as the time has gone on, um, your openness just to us. I mean, how many of us have you actually ever met in person, but yet we do this podcast together. Yeah. Um, yeah. But your openness with us and trusting us to carry on in your absence while you're taking care of you, um, you know, cause DCAF is your baby, you and Nick. And, you know, um, you know, it's been, it's been a privilege to be able to just let you vent sometimes um, yeah. and let you get it out of your system because at some point, you know, we knew you were going to bounce back. It, it, everybody takes a little bit longer with their various circumstances. But, you know, the last one, when you were actually on, it felt good again. It felt like, hey, yeah. John's back, you know, and, and maybe you're not all the way where you want to be. But that was a big step because for well over a year, you weren't back. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's okay to deal with his shit, y'all. And yes. and I I am gonna tell you, I'm I'm gonna I, I think I said this in a podcast before, but the reason we do this is music. You know, it's not about who wins this medal. You know, we, the reason we do it is music. There's something in music that touches us so deeply, and you can find those times when the universe gives you shit like this. Once there was a way to get back homeward boy, you're going to carry that weight a long time. Sometimes the universe just gives you this stuff and it's exactly what you need. Y'all, if you are not in a band, if all you're doing is sitting and bitching about who got first place and who got second place and who got third place, and you're not playing in a local band right now, there are community bands (laughs) all over the place that would love, I guarantee in your community, there is a band that would love you to be playing with them. Go fucking make music it is the center of who we are it's what we need in our lives you're here yep. That's a, I, I just said that the other day that you know I'm almost 40 years old putting color guard videos out there 
But who cares? I will spin color guard until the arthritis in my damn hands will prevent me from ever spinning color guard again. I don't care who's watching me. I don't care who it is. I will spin. Do it. And that's what everybody, who cares how old you are, go drum, go play horns, go spin your ass off. Like, go do it. This is your life. And just because drum corps stops at your age out doesn't mean your life stops after drum corps. So go do the damn thing. Yeah. Yep. I'm at, I'm not completely back. I'm not completely there. I'm at so much better place than I was. I there's a lot of things in my life that are so much better than they were even before. And I love what you guys on this podcast have done for me, the team that we have. But man, music has got me through as much as anything. Play music, y'all. Well, it's especially great that it's your home team that gave it to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's yes. so cool yeah. that yeah. out of any core that could have given given this to you, it's your home that gave it to you. So yeah. that's such a it's just such a blessing in disguise. You know, it really it really if you want to say it that way, you know, it's yeah. that's it's really cool. Yeah, I don't, so I, don't glad have have team. I don't have a home team anymore. We've been inactive for a lot of years, but, you know, just going back and watching old videos hits upon memories and things like that in a way kind of like you did that always helps refocus life every once in a while. So I, I get where you're coming from. I think we all do. Marriage is hard, man. The hardest work in this goddamn world is marriage. And you know, if you can make it work good for you, otherwise, you know, be happy in your be life. Happy. Be happy. Fucking be happy. Yep. The most important relationship you're ever going to have is with you. Yep. And if you're not happy, ain't no one else going to be happy. Just like RuPaul yep. says, if you can't love yourself, how can oh you love God. anyone else? That's can exactly it. it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's taken me 48 years to learn that. Hey, you know what? But you got the rest of your life now. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. This is powerful. This is great. <laughs> I like this one. <laughs> We'd like to welcome you to coming to our therapy session today. Yeah, baby. That was great, John. Drum Corps as therapy coming yep. soon to a podcast near you. Oh, my you. God. Uh, <laughs> I need therapy because of Drum Corps. Uh, yeah. 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 Physical or psychiatric. Or yeah. Oh, my God. Physical right. and psychiatric. Let's close this bitch up. Yes. <laughs> well, all right. So that concludes our top 10. Of course, the panelists. First, Twitter's number one was 2016 shocker nobody's shocked uh where can everybody find you guys at uh facebook twitter instagram uh dropping off boxes for guard closet at the ups store <laughs> for his amazing wife oddly specific but okay <laughs> uh, you- uh Go. Sarah, go ahead. <laughs> okay, I'll go. Um, you can find me on Twitter at s underscore bow wowden and cleaning some fucking beats in Texas. And I also just wanted to share um, that I really appreciate the Blue Coats for everything they do for their members and for this activity yes. in general. They love their members so much and there's so much care that goes into making sure they're okay and this extends past their membership they started the blue coats fellows program and i wanted to share with everyone that i am an inaugural fellow for the blue coats so you will see me at blue coat spring training and finals week learning from the best of the best activity so watch out i'm gonna learn to write some fucking shows baby so here we are oh man and, and hey, Doug Thrower, you're Canadian. It's time for a rush show. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nikki, uh, where can we find you at? You can find me on Instagram at Phantomet, 
93 underscore 04. I give you all the drum chord tea. Come into the Color Guard Library and I'll read your ass dry, but that's okay. She fucking will. Drum chord is coming up. Winter Guard is over. I'm not really a Winter Guard girl. And drum card drum chord is coming up. And I am so excited. The library is open again. And you better come <laughs> and you better come correct because I am going to read the shit out of some drum chord this summer. I am so excited that drum chord is here again. Yep. Me. Instagram, Phantomet, Drum Corps we'll do it. John, where can we find you at? My band is the Geeks and Grooves Saxophone Collective, uh, geeksandgrooves.com. We play geeky music and pop covers. Play music, y'all. Make some music. Yeah. Uh, I, I will second that. Uh, community theater, community bands, VFW bands, American Legion bands, you know, those organizations, they're just dying for members. Civic orchestras, go play stuff, you know. Nobody cares if you're professional or not. Just do it. I mean, help go march DCA. DCA needs it. <laughs> do something. Do anything. Just play in your freaking, play in your basement. Do whatever. Just don't stop. That wraps our panel portion for this episode. We look forward to seeing most of your shining faces for our next episode, which uh, next episode is going to be our 2022 season preview. So... Which means we're we'll going to wait for the day of the first show to know what everybody's playing. I was going to say, does anybody know who anybody <laughs> go through the moon door? Let's We've go. had some show announcements already, but we're still kind of in the dark for most of it, I'd imagine. So look, look for that stuff coming soon. All right, that pretty much wraps it up for us. Uh, Nick, mm-hmm. where can people find your shiny ass? <gasps> oh, my shiny, sweet little chuckered ass. Um, sorry, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I just went into stare mode. Um, you can find me at uh, at Life as Lohan, L I F E A S L O H A N, because I am the reembodiment of Lindsay Lohan. You're welcome. Um, and that's on Snapchat, that's on Instagram, that's on every every social media, whatever handle. Uh, or you can find me on Facebook. My name is Nicholas with an H. Powers, um, Lohan, Headhunter, Medusa, because, you know, we do be turning the bitches to stone. You know, we get them by rock, rock. You know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so. Um, you can find me there, um, or you can find me on, well, I would say the street corner, you know, <laughs> some of these grits and these cakes, but, um, the real tea is that you can find me in the hospital, just trying to make people not die. Like, you know, that's the real tea now. So and we thank you um, for that. Wiping asses for money. You're welcome. I wipe asses for money. I mean, that's a CNA's job, isn't it? I mean, yeah, but I still got to wipe them as a nurse. That don't stop. <laughs> Uh, are you still taking donations for the uh, Nick I mean, girl, if you want to give me a donation, ex- Music City Staffer Sandwich yes, and Diet Coke please, Fund, please, because look, these Diet Cokes be getting expensive sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the Nick Powers Lunch Fund because a headhunter Medusa is a terrible thing to waste. We are a terrible thing to waste. And people can can send you cash for a, a Diet Coke and a sandwich. Uh, Venmo at Life as Lohan. I'm yes, taking. That is correct. I believe it's uh, Cash App is. Uh, Dollar, dollar sign, sign in powers, powers. and then yes. Venmo is at Life as Lohan as well. All right, well there you go, folks. Mm-hmm. Throwing some cash. He's a he's a starving nurse now. <laughs> For sure. Do you know how expensive hospital meals are? Jesus Christ! Oh yeah. I'd be buying my food at the hospital because I am not gonna cook myself shit. Um, and it ain't much better uh, for you than McDonald's, so you're better off just having your family go buy you shit. I mean, honestly, at this point. All right. Well, that wraps it up for us, folks. Nick, say bye to the listeners. Bye. 
Our next episode will be the 2022 DCI Season Preview. Call our submission line at 317-622-6946. You have two minutes to tell us about your expectations, your excitement, or your hype for the 2022 season. You can use your real name or a pseudonym. Leave us a review on iTunes. No, seriously, go leave us a review on iTunes, you industrial whoremongers. Until next time, Drum Corps fans, remember, friends don't let friends get down on themselves in their hardest times. We're all here for each other. We all need each other. Do your best and be happy and go play music. Disclaimers. The views and opinions expressed by Drum Corps AF are correct and should be adopted by you immediately. Needless to say, they are those of the authors only and do not reflect the official policy or position of Drum Corps International or any of its member organizations. All copyrighted material in this podcast is presented for review purposes only as permissible by fair use principles under U.S. copyright laws. Copyrights remain the sole possession of the original artists and no copyright for this material is claimed by Drum Corps AF. Now, listen to these ads, motherfuckers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.